yourself up. No, pick yourself up. Pick yourself up. No, pick yourself up. Pick yourself up. Welcome to episode 14 of Rants, Rays, and BS. I'm back, America, all vaccinated and refreshed. We got I got my boy Jason White here with me. What's going we had on, to, people? We had to fire Jeff because of that uh, horrible top five list he did last week. <laughs> <laughs> Dollar America, he, uh, he's at a wedding. He'll just step in the name of love as we speak. So we got a good show going on today. Uh, we're going to start off. With my boy Dak Prescott getting paid. My boy Dak, he got paid a four-year deal worth $164 million with $126 million guaranteed. Finally, 40 million a year. That's a lot of money. The second highest paid quarterback in the NFL. So, Jason White, I know you probably have a lot to say about this. Man, y'all talked a lot about uh, that contract last week, and lo and behold, we got it done. Sure did, sure did. So you want to take you want to take away a start? Or you want me to roll? You know what? I will go ahead and hit hit it since All you know right. I'm a cowboy fan right here. <laughs> you know, my immediate thought was like I was very happy um, that they went on gay the man pay because hey, I've been over. I think Dak is a better quarterback than the Sean Watson. I don't know why, why everybody's so random, like the show, random and raving about the Sean Watson when he really, he haven't come to nothing more than Dak, you know? And the thing about it is a lot of, everybody killed Dak for, like, you know, he have a lot of yardage uh, from the previous two years. But they always want to say, like, it's empty calories, you know, because they were losing, he's going to come back. That's Deshaun Watson's whole career. He's been doing that his whole career. But, you know, I'm just glad, you know, with the injury he had last year, uh, you know, I was like, man, I thought, like, he wasn't going to get no deal. I thought he was going to franchise tag him again. Honestly. I really did. I think we all were expecting that. Yeah. And, I, you know, and I expected him not to be a cowboy after that. But, you know, this is uh, surprising. But, hey, they had to get it done because you look at it. There's no other quarterback on the market that's good enough. He's already proven that he can produce. You got good pieces around him, you know. So, you know, it's really a no-brainer. Like it was his turn, and you know how the quarterback market goes. Whoever up next, they become the highest paid. Like not too long ago, Jimmy Garoppolo was the highest paid quarterback. Now he like he like what he down on the list. Mm-hmm. Because of all these deals, in uh, the same argument I use with people a lot of other times, like at one point Joe Flacco was the highest paid quarterback in the NFL, like and at the time that deal was like Buku's amount of money, and but you know he had the Super Bowl or whatever, but everybody knew he wasn't a top five quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he probably wasn't even top ten at the time, but it was his turn, and I know I was one of the ones like that's ridiculous that this man is the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. But let me look at this. Dak won this deal because if you look at this, like it's ridiculous. Like 164 million, 
126 of that is guaranteed, right? Then the fact is it's a four-year deal. So in four years, he's been able to get another contract. You have a no trade clause. So that means they can't trade him during that four years, you know, without unless he approved it. No tax. So that means when he comes time for payday, there ain't gonna be no tax. He either be a free agent or they can get him, you know. And look at this. He made 42 million a year for the first seat, first three seasons. Next year, guess how much money this man make? $75 million. And on top of that, he gets a $66 million signing bonus just for signing the deal. So this man about to make $141 million next year. All his in his pocket. $141 million. That's insane. And, you know, with the way they restructured the deal, it was like a slight cap hit. So, hey, we can sign a lot of one-year deal free agents, but Cowboy ready to go. All they love now is go get this championship. That's all I got to say. Man, I ain't going to lie. You took away half the things I was going to point across, especially, like, how much he was going to get this year. But here's here's my thing. Like, he was due for a payday. Don't get me wrong. And the crazy part about it was – all this took place right before the tag deadline. So the yeah. fact that this took place the way it did kind of shows me that Jerry was kind of holding out to the point where, you know, he could have, if he could have given this guy money last year when we were first discussing it. But, but the crazy thing to me, $66 million signing bonus, $6 million. We've seen guys get like maybe a, a three million signing bonus, four million, you know, something like that. But sixty six just for signing, I mean, that's that's insane. Now I wow. this he he now Deshaun Watson personally, if you ask me, I think he's just a tad overrated, just a tad. Not saying he's not good, but he's a tad overrated. Right. That Prescott has done more in his situation than Deshaun Watson, and um, considering the fact that. At the time, Deshaun Watson had a serious go-to threat in, in uh, DeAndre Hopkins. The question for Dak now is going to be is what Dallas is going to be about. Now, you clearly got the offense. You clearly do. You got your you got Zeke running back. You got you got Cooper wide out, and you know you got Dak throwing the ball. So now the biggest question is what that defense is going to be look like. If that right. defense plays like it did a couple years ago where they were like top 10 or whatnot. Oh, the, oh, oh, the Cowboys gonna, um, they gonna make some moves, but I'm gonna, but I'm gonna tell you this, you know, contracts like this are really interesting to look at because personally, I think now I'm not saying that Dak don't think Dak didn't make his money, but when you, when you're the number two, highest when you're the second highest paid quarterback in the nfl you right behind patrick mahomes that comes with a lot of responsibility a lot, a and, lot. and i wish nothing but Dak the best but i'm going to tell you something if cowboys do not win if they do not win it i'm not saying they're not going to turn on Dak, but folks are going to be upset because now they're going to be looking at that that man we paid you 164 million dollars <laughs> the playoffs like what that what's that about Oh, it's gonna be oh, it's gonna be interesting to see. It better not, man. Shoot, Deshaun Watson playing on that. He don't even want to play for his team. 
You know, so and, and and here and here's what's more interesting about this, and I don't think people realize this yet. Like that came off of, like to get a contract like this after to come off a, a catastrophic injury the way he did. That yeah. just that not only does J- Jerry believe in that, but he just he's just showing him that you're that guy and you're here to come. Because what really makes this situation sad, and I hate to bring this up, but. Tony Romo, if this were a Tony Romo situation, like when Tony Romo was playing, Jerry yeah. been taking care of Tony Romo. And he yeah, did. he would have. Uh, you know, he paid that's why, that's like why a, lot of people, a whole lot of money that he didn't deserve. We, uh, we yeah. put down. Yeah, and, and, and put it like this. There were a lot of questions about Tony Romo at, at, at that particular time, like durability and all this neck. Can he stay healthy? Because, yeah. I mean, because... Tony Romo dealt with a bad back. He dealt with a collarbone, and, and it's like now you're giving this dude 164 million dollars. So it, ooh, boy, it comes hey. with a lot. I'm telling you, man, the risk because when you look at all the other quarterbacks that have been paid, like Carson Wentz, and we know we know Dak Prescott's a million times better than Carson Wentz, a million times better. Yeah. So, so so it's like now you got to look at the situation where like. Oh, you got paid now you got to go ahead and you you got to show it on the field and as long as you do that you know you you should be fine and and to bring this up real quick that's why the biggest criticism if if Carson Wentz don't get it done because he got placed in a real good situation because now what was the biggest thing he said I want to I want to go with Frank Wright because that was my quarterback coach when I first got in the league and look what I was doing okay now you at Indy he's the head coach hey, you hey Good situation, man. And they gonna be yep. dangerous because you know they did good last year, and right. they got a quarterback they can actually put the ball on the field. You know, so. right? But but if 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 Carson Wentz play play like shit, then you already know it's gonna be what's up. So, but but I'm happy for that. He got he got his money. Now all he need to do is just go out there and and and, and just play. That's it. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, hey. I'm just happy it's done, <laughs> you know, so that way we can just focus on football and move forward and doing whatever we need to do. There's a lot of people we still need to fix because that secondary, like, our defense is a mess. That's the problem. You know, I'm not really concerned. Do you like Dan Quinn as y'all new coordinator? Yeah, I love it. I absolutely love it because I, I, I think them boys, I think there was a lot of problem last year. You know, they weren't a 3-4 team. Like, that team been 4-3, like, forever. They've been running – uh, cover two Tampa uh, style with uh, Rod Marinelli. God, leave, boy, I can't talk. Rod Marinelli. <laughs> and uh, then they're going to start running running like the cover three, cover one defense they did with Chris Richard. And then, you know, all of a sudden you're going to go to a three, four. You know, so everybody out of position. They're not made for that. So um, I'm looking to – I think they have a bounce back year. But the concern is always this it's the secondary, man. Secondary is like, like I think we did pretty good in Diggs last year. Like he really like, I really I'm really high on him. But I say this, I say this are awful. And our other corner is awful. Nickel corner awful. So I don't know. What pick y'all got? What pick y'all got this year? I think it's ninth if remember certain correct. Okay. Uh, you know, they got us protected to get uh Patrick Sertan. Alabama, I think. Yeah, that would be a good good draft pick. But let me let me let me ask you this as a fan though: Who do you want? I want, yeah. I mean, I'd be fine with him. I, I do want him. 
Um, let's see. Uh, offensive linemen would be good too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we get a little thin up there. Like, uh, I think we need. Not to- having a combine this year, are they? I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. Don't they usually have it around this time? Though I thought. I thought it was in. Oh yeah, it is around. Because the draft is the draft is in late April. Yeah, so you they might not be having one. Oh boy. But yeah, I, I think I'd be happy with Sertan because. Either that or a left tackle, because uh, Tyron Smith, you know, he getting he getting tired. That line getting old and uh, banged up a lot. So we'll see. Yeah. Well, let's see, Cowboy fans, what what goes on. But but I but I tell you this though, and I watch up mine. Y'all paying Dak a whole lot of money, so so the stock is going the stock is going up, and the expectations are going up. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So if it, if it, and, and I don't want to hear uh. Man, we just need no. Y'all need to win the NFC East. I don't want to hear no. No, we we need we need to just get. Oh, man. Hey, oh. NFC East. I was already booking. Uh oh. Uh oh. You 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 hear this, fans? March thirteenth, twenty twenty one. See Harvey called it. I so did. Y'all calling it right now. He called it. The Dallas Cowboys will win the NFC East, and they will be at least the one or two seed in the NFC. Mark that down. I said it. I mean, oh lord, oh lord. I'm gonna be talking a lot of trash this year. I had to be humble last year. I'm talking trash this year. You hear me? See, see, Harvey, see Harvey back, America. Just, <laughs> just let y'all know he back. <laughs> he All back. right, so let, let's move on to our next topic. Uh, we were talking about HBCU football. You know, uh, the council. The SWAC particularly council all the games from the fall and they moved to the spring here. So, you know, we've been watching SWAC football these past few weekends. And I brought, you know, we have an interesting question. Like, do you think HBC football should continue in the spring and why? I mean, if you do, why? Go ahead, Jason. Why I'm going to let you. Person, okay, I'm going to say this. Personally, like from what we're going through right now in this, you know, COVID pandemic, I mean, first off, I'm happy that fo- that that football is back and that we're seeing it. And to see it in the spring, it kind of takes away the the, you know, from from that fall atmosphere. But to be perfectly honest, I wouldn't mind seeing it in the spring, but I think it would it would um it would make it a little bit tough because it just draws the fat away from you know, all the other sports that you would see in the spring somewhat. But to see football, I mean, it's it's just weird because it's like, you know, when we first saw these games, we, you know, we, we I mean, personally, when they showed Jackson and Grambling last week, I was actually watching that game on, on, on ESPN on my phone app. And I was like, I was like, dang, they really playing. Like, is, is it fall already? And it's like, nope, it's spring, it's warm. It's like, oh, wait a minute. So, I mean... I mean, I personally don't mind if if they were, but I just think like for the real, re, like you know the traditions and all that that we see in the fall, it's good. It's good because a, a big one is uh like you know we all know this, but we go to a Mad City Classic, and you know for us, you know that's usually last weekend in October type of deal. But for the fact that being in April, I mean the the weather is going to be awesome. That's that's the biggest draw, but 
I mean, I mean, at least for this year, I don't think you're going to see like a whole lot of people there now like you would for the fall because we're just, you know, we're still fighting this pandemic. But the fact that they were going in the spring, it makes it interesting. But I just think that, you know, for football to be in the fall, you know, it, it, it should stay where it's at. But I think this year is like a completely different exception to it. So. My bad. I, I forgot I was muted. I now, was I, like, what? Yeah, I know. I agree. I'm all in with spring football. And let me tell you why. I think that the SWAC should continue with spring football. I'm, I'm going to tell you a number, number of reasons. Reason number one, all the attention is on you. And especially like you because of the fact we have Deion Sanders in the, in the SWAC. Now, you know, it brings a lot of attention. Do you think the SWAC will have this amount of attention with the rest of the football going on? Like, you know, you got Alabama, Ohio State, all those teams playing. Um, you know, the PWIs, they get all the attention come college football season, right? And SWAC football is an afterthought. We get, you know, games here and there on um, ESPN, but it'd be like uninspired games. But the thing about it is, it, if you do it in the spring, you have a chance to get revenue, in which I'm sure the SWAT get a lot of revenue for having the games being nationally televised on ESPN2, although most of them are Jackson State. I still, I think that the league SWAT should push for having all the games televised because people love football. And if you're the only thing going right, right then and there football-wise, then, you know, people are watching. It's the same way with like they did with the old USFL did with the XFL, all that stuff. You know, you have a niche uh, in the market that nobody else has. That's a good so point. You have, a very good point. Yeah, you have all the attention and uh, you can get more revenue because you don't have those other schools transiting uh, uh, in on the revenue because, of course, the network is going to choose them, those big schools over the uh, HBCUs. Number two, it won't make a difference because the way they have it set up, HBCUs, we play, we all play for conference championships. And then we play in the celebration bowl to be crowned the black college national champion, right? So if we, we still can do that. Okay. So you know, it ain't like we we're going to the division two playoffs and things like that. We don't you know have no big bowl game, we have the celebration bowl. And because if HBCU's foot, football moved to the spring, we still can do the celebration bowl. It'd be a big thing. It's like the crowning achievement of the spring football. Okay. Number three, by happening in the spring, you know, like you said, the combine uh, and thing like that um, is near. Okay. So instead of them having to do combines, in which, you know, how last year they put this like, uh, uh, HBCU combine mm -hmm. together and thing like that. Like you won't even have to do that mess. You don't have to do no combine. They can see you actually perform on the field, and I think that will get more HBCU talent um, um, to be seen and able to be drafted more. Honestly, because if they fresh on the mind, they they see you actively play. Then they you know they can take notes and things about what you're doing 
and stuff like that. And you know, you, you your draft stock could go up because you know that prisoner of the moment thing where everybody's seeing you what you're doing right then and there. So I think those are my three reasons why I think it should continue in the spring. And, not, and I had a bonus in there, you know, being an Alabama State uh, alum, playing the Mass City Classic. Mass City Classic is great, but the weather is bipolar. You don't know, one year it could be hot, blazing hot, next year it could be cold, next year it could be rained out. But if we have in the spring, like, generally speaking, it'll be some great weather, right. you know? Either that or it's just going to rain. We ain't got to worry about cold or nothing. So ah, bingo. Oh, those are my things. I, I really think. Let me let, let me ask you this though, right quick. Um, do you think? Okay, so let's say let's say if they continued it next year, what what element would you want to see if if they did continue to spring like you know bowl wise and all this and that? Well, like I said, I would I would love for it to just. Be like, uh, you know, that's a good question. Because I was thinking initially that we can just have the celebration bowl like they've been having it. But mm-hmm. at the same time, if we have other cross-conference matchups, you know, you have other conferences doing like the SIAC and things like that, you know, we really don't have that many matchups with SIAC, right? Mm-hmm. That right. would be interesting to see how they measure up to these other teams. Yeah. So let's say we have about four or five bowl games to the ones who actually did good in the conferences. Yep. I agree with that. Like, I think you right. knew a lot about that uh, last week. Yeah, and, and that's and and see, that's I'm glad you brought that up because that was one of the things we were talking about last week. Because one of the things that I I, I hate is like when you're in the SWAT, you're playing you're playing for the SWAT. So it's like if right. you're winning it, you end up playing in the celebration bowl. But I'm like, okay, but if you go, like, let's say if you lose that, let's say if you had two undefeated swag teams playing in the championship game and the the loser has that one loss, you're telling me that one loss and your season's over just like that? You can't find another another team, like in the MEAC or, you know, whatever, or the, whatever the case may be to play in another game. And that's and we kind of touched on that last week because I'm like, I think HBCU, HBCUs need to do a better job impairing certain schools and bowl games because if you got those, you know, power fives and, you know, whatever schools and you need at least six wins to be bowl eligible, I'm like, okay, well, HBCUs, they could average, you know, I would say for them, if they got at least five wins, I'm like, okay, just put them in a bowl game. It don't have to be like TV or nothing like that, but at least pair them up against somebody. I think that really really make black um, HBCU football, not just a swag, but HBCU a lot more interesting to watch. I agree. I'm with you on that. I agree. And uh, the thing about it is, you know, I, I, I just wonder why HBCUs don't play each other outside their conference more. Exactly. Like, like you said, like, we play swag, and then we play these games for money. Like, we play Auburn mm-hmm. and stuff like right, that. Right, right. Like I think they should have more games against other teams from other Conferences and then right. also inter- interesting point is the MEAC. The MEAC is bare bones now because it's swag. It's swag. Yeah. Got fam, you Bethune Cooking now. And, and, and NC, North Carolina AT left the swag and went to another, I mean, excuse me, the MEAC and went to another conference. So, yeah, the, the Big South, which is what yeah. he did the year before that. Yeah. And there, who's and there in the Big rumor, South? Huh? Who's in the Big South? 
um, that's like, um, oh God, it's like Radford. It's it's like a whole bunch of school. It's like like Virginia and all, but it's it's basically like um, East Coast and all this now. But it's not HBCU but, or something like that. Yeah. They're not HBCUs, huh? They're not HBCUs. No, no, they just got two: Hampton and uh, North Carolina A&T that just left. Uh, for okay. The so yeah. So you now, know they they want a bigger piece of the pie. Right now, now I'll say this real quick. There was there's a rumor going around about South Carolina State possibly leaving the MEAC for the sweat. I think that'd be great, but I'm gonna tell you this: the one school, if if they entered the sweat, this the um the sweat would be beautiful. If Tennessee State entered the sweat, that's something I would love to see. That'd be great. The I would sweat, love to see that. I'm telling you, the swag is about to be the premiere. That's no, that's that's another reason why I like the spring will work. Yep. You got fam, you Bethune and stuff like that in there. Yeah, you, you add that new intrigue into the spring and like yep. swag really has a monopoly on black HBCU. Exactly. You know, he's like the yep. he's like the crowning thing for uh, especially with North Carolina NT and gone and the MIAC, You know, they used to be the the big deal too, but yep. wow, it's the swag. Right. So I'm interested in that. I'm excited about the uh you know the addition to the sweat because I get to go to a fam you game mm -hmm. uh this year. I think they play October 2nd. I'm yep. going to that game because I'm close to Tallahassee. Yeah. So I get to go to that and then you know they play uh Bethune at Alabama State this year. So that means next year. I can go to the Bethune game because yep. they told on about a couple hours from here. So yep. I'm glad, you know, I finally get a chance to see Hornet football more than just one game every year. Yep. And the biggest thing about the swag now, and I'm trying to see if I can even pull it up right quick. Oh yeah. Here we go right here. So um, with the alignment that they got going on now, because the, the, because everybody was saying that the the West the West was tough, but now, but now you got A&M state, Bethune Cookman, FAMU, Jackson State, and Mississippi Valley State. That's gonna be a dog fight. Did you forget Alcorn? No, Alcorn's in the West. Oh, they moved them to the West? Yeah. So in the West, you got Alcorn, Grambling. I'm, I'm reading it right now. In the okay. West, you have Alcorn, Grambling, Prairie View, AM, Southern, Texas Southern, and Arkansas Pineville. Nah, I, I, I nah, they kind of that's kind of tough too, cuz. Yeah. Prairieview <laughs> They pretty good now. Gremlin and Southern. Gremlin and Southern, they like, they go here and there. Like, right. They be good one year. They, next year, they be trash. Right. Um, so, but yeah, my money on the East. Yeah. I mean, especially like you got Jackson State. Alabama State been doing pretty good with recruiting. They had like the sure best had. recruiting class in the SWAT. Yeah. Uh, I think this past year. They finished number one? This past year. Oh wow! Um, but you know, Jackson State took it for the next year. Yeah. Far. <laughs> uh, so I, I expect us to do pretty well. Hopefully, we can build on that. Uh, I'm not sold on our quarterback. Like quarterback last year. Wait a minute. I'm gonna. Start, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna bring up one point. When when I was watching the um, um, game against Southern, their first game. And when that quarterback came out, they said red shirt fresh. I said, wait a minute, we're relying on a red shirt freshman. So basically a dude that just graduated high school 
And all of a sudden, playing the swag, I was like, no, yep, quarterback, I got some serious questions on. Bubba, number four, linebacker, you keep doing your thing, son. You keep doing your bit. But that kicker, I'm sorry. Come I'm on, sorry. man. Come on, man. Like, what? Hey, <laughs> we can't get no kicker. Like, seriously. <laughs> Like the soccer team is right next to the stadium. Get one. Just get one. I don't care yeah. if it's a girl. Jesus. I, they, they can't be rushing this dude, man. This is Every year. Especially at, especially at first, especially at first field goal, he missed. I was like, we ain't gonna win this game. We ain't. Yeah, man. I, I just knew it. I, I have absolutely no faith in the Alabama State kick, period. I still, I still remember that one classic year. We were driving down the Latham Field, and we and we were trying for a. Uh, uh, I think it was I, I said I don't think it was a winner. I think it was a tie. And that when that ball left, it just curved left. It just curved left. Up and just turned and started walking up the bleachers. He already knew. State is the Florida State of the SWAT when it comes to kick. <laughs> wide left one, wide left two, so like that. Come on, man. We we yeah. got to do better. Like I'm telling you. That that sorry kicker, the woman that kicks from Vanderbilt that everybody raving about, which she sucks. She can kick better than I kick her. That was a mistake. Oof. All right, folks. That was I don't a know what her name is, but if she listened to this podcast, come on down. Give us a hand. Yeah. I you know what? I challenge her. I bet you I, I kick her. Now this this is I true. take that back. I take that back. He'd have hurt my finger a few times. He'd have hurt my finger a few times holding the ball. The old me would have, but not me now, boy. I watched oh, up. I watched up America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the swag is good. The the, the swag is gonna be fun. And and to one last point to bring up, and just and just think about it. Like you know, we both you know we're alumnus of Alabama State, so it's like you know. Um, Alabama, Alabama State, Alabama State, that's good. But but now we got FAMU, that's going to become a rivalry game. It's, it's oh boy. It's yeah. real fun to watch. Real fun to watch. Yeah, it will be. It will yeah. be. And, we, and I'll tell you what, them, them band's going to go at it, boy. Ooh, oh, yeah. Go oh, yeah. That's going to be great. Yep. <sighs> All right, oh, so let's move on to our next topic. We're going to revisit an um, unpopular opinion um, that Mr. Gaston said last week in which he took it. He took it from me, America. Because <laughs> I really wanted to say uh, something about that. But we're going to revisit about this uh, rave for $15 an hour minimum wage. I have been vocally against this from the first time I ever heard it. I found it ridiculous. And I'm gonna tell you why. You know, uh, I was in the engaging conversation on Facebook. It wasn't that engaging because I didn't respond. But they were asking me, you know, why do I feel that way? And I purposely didn't say anything because I know I wanted to address it on the show. All right. Here are my reasons why we should not have a $15 minimum wage, okay? My number one reason is the fact that you earn what you work for, right? If you get a job, just an example, folks, flipping burgers at McDonald's, 
That's you don't consider that as a career. You just consider that a job to get things done, right? Is it is an entry level job as a way to earn some money during school over the summer, or you know even earn money while you're in college, just to, you know make ends meet until you can do better for yourself. You know, you either go to college or you uh you know you can work a job and work your way up. You, a lot of people don't have to go to college, you know, to be successful. But you can't go to an entry level job. I wouldn't even consider uh, McDonald's an entry level job, like you know, fast food flipping burgers and things like that. Because certain menial jobs, let's be real, America, certain menial jobs were never intended to be a means to provide for a family. And not. Minimum wage jobs are primarily an entry point to the workforce. That means it gets you in the workforce, it teaches you the work skills you need, you make money, you know, like you, like a lot of people start off in school, while they're in school, you know, in high school or something like that. You know, they have a little part-time job after school and things like that just to have money to spend or just, to, you know, to have work skills on your resume. It's like, like the beginning of a workforce. That was those jobs before. But it was the ideal place to learn about the real world, how to deal with managers, interact with customers, and gain experience and move on to bigger and better things. That's what it's for. Okay? If they these people make $15 an hour minimum wage, it's not going to solve the problem. Because one... It can lull you into standing in a row far too long. Like I've worked minimum wage job, like uh, believe it, or, believe it or not, America. My first job was working at Walt Disney World. Hey, guilty. Yeah, my salary was six dollars and seventy-five cents an hour, and I think that was a little bit. I think it was fifty cents above the minimum wage because it was like six. Was it like six twenty-five at the time? That's what they were paying you. Yeah, six thousand seventy-five cents an hour. I was making eight. Well, I mean, hey, you came out to wow. me. <laughs> hey, don't remind me of that junk. Yeah, so yeah, I was making six thousand seventy-five cents an hour, and the thing about it was, you know, I could have stayed there in that job and been complacent, but I wanted better for myself. Mm-hmm. That's why I really like. I had the time of my life. I I didn't want to leave. But I like, man, I got to be responsible because I want more for my life than this. So I went back to college, got an education, and, you know, that didn't work out at first. But once I finished, you know, I was still unemployed, had to find my way. But the mm-hmm. thing about it, I kept working towards something in order mm-hmm. to be where I am now. Okay? Next point. These are uh, $15 an hour. It's only going to do that but create inflation. Let me tell you, these companies, they're going to um, make their money regardless. Because that's capitalist society. If you want to if you want to change uh, America, they have to change their model from being a capitalist society to maybe with a socialist society. And you know how these people argue, argue with socialism. So not in our lifetime, it would never be a socialistic um, <laughs> country. It's going to be capitalism. And in capitalism, these countries are out to maximize profits. If they give the workers $15 an hour wage, guess what's going to happen? Let's say I'm still going to use McDonald's example. 
you go to McDonald's, let's say, you know, you want to get like a two for five or whatever. If you pay an employee's $15 an hour, no more two for fives, no more dollar menu, everything's going to go up because you got to have, if you pay an employee's that much money, you, you don't have to make profits. These companies going to want to make profits in order to do so, they're going to raise their prices and things like that. So another thing, if these people make $15 an hour, it's not really going to benefit them. You know why? Because they do, these companies are going to start more with automation where, you know, you can have stuff like, they already got some of these machines in there, these boards where you can go in certain uh, places, in these big cities, you push in what you want and stuff like that. And then, you know, the people in the back will make it and bring it out. And then you look at Walmart, you got self-checkout and things like that. You have Amazon has uh, a place, a grocery store in Seattle where you just go in and as you shop in the store or whatever, they have cameras everywhere that scan your cart. And once you leave the store, it charges your Amazon account automatically. You're not working being there. Oh, that's dope. I know that. Yeah. I'm telling you. So that would be the future. These companies, they will phase out work labor if they got to pay these people $15 an hour. That's what they're going to do. So you're not going to come up in that way anyway. Now, my thing is, I agree, the minimum wage will not, excuse me, the minimum wage does not, um, is not a livable wage at all. It does need improvement. Okay, I've done some uh, research. I say over, if remember some crap, I think I did it about like the, in the last 20 years, the average cost of living has increased on average of 1.4%, right? So my proposal is that instead of getting $15 minimum wage, if you increase the minimum wage to match the average cost, which is 1.4%, you increase the minimum wage 1.4% every year. That way, you know, um, it at least is manageable as far like increases of labor. Now, I get it. We're years behind. So maybe we can bump it up a couple of dollars and then start increasing at 1.4% every year. I think that's more manageable. I think that's more responsible. But it's $15 an hour. No, come on. Now. Come on now. We live in a society where people have to work for things we get. And, you know, I understand you know, working at, at the job, it's still working. But the thing about it is you, you go to school to get education for skills and you pay for what you know and for what skills that you have. What would you get paid for? So, I mean, hey, a lot of y'all might take this wrong, but the fact that I, I went to college, got a degree, got another degree, got two degrees. And, and, if I have somebody to roll out of bed and get $15 an hour, that drives me wild. Just the thought of it drives me insane. I hate it. And I'll leave it at that. I'm sorry I went so long, but you know, I really, I was sitting on no, this. No, you good, you good. Cause I mean, we we kind of touched on this last week and I know you weren't, so I'm glad you got that point about it. But here, I'll just like, I'll just, I, I mean, I'm not gonna like take as long as you did, but my, my whole thing about that is this. And, and you're right because What's happening now a lot of days is wherever you're at, 
the first thing everybody want to talk about is they pay. This is what I tell them. You're doing a job that you already knew what you were getting. So when you have somebody new comes in that's management or whatever the case would be, the first thing you want to do is run to them and say, hey, I need more money. I'm being underpaid. Guess what? $15 an hour, that's like, a, that's supervisor pay right there. Mm-hmm. So think of, think of it like this. If they were to raise that to minimum wage, that's just going to piss off the supervisor people because they're saying, okay, well, if they're at the same level that I'm at, but I have more responsibility than them, then I should be making a salary or be at that marriage point, like that anywhere from that 20 to $25 frame. It doesn't happen like that. And I think nowadays what you're seeing in society, and I mean, for me, you know, I've been hotel, hotel hospitality for damn near like almost 15, well, 10 years now at least. The biggest discrepancy I see is that when you have disgruntled coworkers that want to complain so much about pay and saying that they should be getting more, I'm not saying that I'm not, I'm not, I'm not listening to them because I hear what they're saying. But my thing is this, they know where the door is. If they're not (laughs) making, they can leave. (laughs) They can leave. Because nine times out of 10, all they're going to do is be on the site. They're going to complain. They're going to cry and and all this and that. And just like what you touched on, T, like like, uh, Disney World, that was my first paying job. And and I ain't going to lie. Like you said, time of my life, absolute time of my life. Got, got a paycheck every week, so we didn't have to worry, go, we didn't have to worry about being broke or whatever the case may have been was. Now we may not have known had, how to handle money at that time because that was our first time going through it. Yeah. But, yeah. but at the same time, it taught you about responsibility and also it sure it taught you sure. how to work hard for your money and to grow. And that's like like coming from somebody like me, and I'm gonna go ahead and share this. I worked at the Renaissance in Montgomery for seven years. When I started out, I was at eight dollars an hour. The only raise I got was maybe maybe 15 cent, 25 cent, whatever the case may be. When I left seven years later, I was right at $10 an hour. Yeah, I was mad. Yeah, I thought I was worth more than that. I started off at $8.50 there. But that told me, hey, if I'm going to make it to management, whatever the case would be, I've got to build my craft. I've got to do what I got to do. To get to get where I'm at, and and boom, went, went straight from an hour from an hourly job to management. Never held a supervisor title in between that. So the the bottom line is the money will come to you, but you have to work for the money. That's what a lot of people don't understand about that. It's not gonna it's not gonna pull itself out of left field to where you're like, okay, well, let me get this and that, whatever the case be. Yeah, there are good, well paying there are good, well paying jobs out there. But a lot of people nowadays, they just get misconstrued with the fact that if they're not happy with what they're making, they feel like they deserve more. So it's a stepping stone, but you just got to be ready to just work hard. And yeah, you go to school, you get your degree and all this and that, that's there to set you up for the long run if you're trying to pursue a career or whatever the case would be. But all that time that you're spending in school if you have a job, whatever case to be, that's just building your confidence up for the a- after school when you get your degree and everything. Right, absolutely. Yup, so, so I get it. But people that are in school, if you have a job, I would just tell you, save your money because it's going to show you how hard it is to not only save, but to work to where you, to get where you at. 
Oh, well, I tell you, I tell you, you know, you get on something like I, I tell anybody this, like if you like Walt Disney World working there, it really taught me how to be a man. Mm-hmm. Like I was responsible for getting myself to work, getting mm-hmm. myself up on time, yep. getting myself to work because we had to ride transportation over there, mm-hmm. and uh, I was responsible for carrying out my duties while I was there. Mm-hmm. And thing like that, you know, working a full schedule, you know, paying rent, all that, even though you know they take it out to check, but you right. still pay right. rent. You know what right. I mean? Uh, buying your groceries and things like that, you know, mm-hmm. food for yourself, yep. and not having to prep, not going to the cafeteria and stuff like that. Because you know, if you look at my school transcript before and after I came, like it shows the maturity level. I learned mm-hmm. to be more responsible there. Yeah, and I, I, I'll say this. Um, you know, I was pretty good with my money now because I worked all the time, so I ain't get that to go spend it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, shoot, boy. Woo. So I was sitting on a lot of money when I was down that point. Yeah. Making big bucks. Mm-hmm. They, they, they can say they told hey, us. When- I made big bucks off of overtime. My yep. salary was just eight fifty. Yeah. But you get, shoot, you get what, about 20? Especially doing, oh, my God, doing March. It's like three break every week, so you got got about like 20, 30 hours of overtime, big time. And I think I even hit double back one time. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Whole shift making double my wage. Awesome. It's a, it's it it taught us a lot. And the big and the, the biggest thing was like I still remember to this day when they tell us when do you, when do you get paid? What would they tell us? Epcot every paycheck coming on Thursday. You check that pay. You at at twelve ten, you saw that money in your account. You were like, "Yup, I'm good." So, but yup, I wish I had saved a little bit more. Had a little money coming coming back, cause boy, whoo, yeah, no coming back, man. Good old time. I was having a good old time in Orlando. Real good time coming back and going straight to college. Have to come back. I'm like, man, what have I done? Oh, I cried. I cried that car ride coming back. I cried. I cried. Oh, like the worst feeling in the world. It's like stepping away from heaven. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. I can't say that because I'm pretty sure. I remember, I remember shooting a lot. I remember, I remember being on the turnpike and you see like, you see parts of Orlando and I and I just look in my rearview mirror and that and that junk was just soaring down. I was just like, ooh. Yeah. You know what, Jason White, I'm going to be real. I cried too. <laughs> I cried too. Hey. Best time of your life. Sure All right, so that was good talk. Yeah. Um, oh, stop the madness. Stop the madness. Come on. $15 hour. No, stop it. Yeah, please. All right, let's move on to our next topic. It's time for top five. We're doing the top five current quarterbacks in America uh, in the NFL right now. All right. So, I'm going to start this segment. I'm going to start off with my honorable mention pick. My honorable mention quarterback is none other than Dak Prescott. He's my honorable mention. I almost put him in the top five, America. I almost did. Number five, Josh Allen from the Buffalo Bills. Number four, I almost left him off my list because it's the team he's on is not him. Tom um, Brady, number four. Number three, and I'm pretty sure our top three going to be the same, just probably in a different order. Number three, I got Russell Wilson 
Number two, I have Aaron Rodgers. And number one, I have none other than Patrick Mahomes. That's my top five. All right. Great mind, great minds, great minds. They they almost think alike in this situation. Okay. Well, oh, almost, almost. So, okay. So top five quarterbacks of of today's game. Honorable mention. I do have that Prescott's honorable mention. I do. Oh, shocking. I do. Yup. Five, I've got Josh Allen. Oh. Right, yeah, right there at the bottom. Okay. And, and, and I'm going to speak about Josh for a minute. If he keep playing the way the way he like, especially this year, it's it's Buffalo's going to be good for years to come. They just got to keep that same core. Right, I agree. Core. Four, I've got Russell Wilson. Oh. Okay. Three, I've got Tom Brady, and the only reason why I got Tom Brady rated that high is only because of the Super Bowl that he got that he got this past year. If they, yeah. if they didn't win, I, I would have probably had to switch. Russell and, and Brady up there. Nice. But, uh, three, I've got Brady. Two, I've got um, that bad man, Aaron Rodgers. You can never bad man. You can never count him out, regardless of the situation. And number one, I mean, obviously, is Patrick Mahomes. Okay. Now, I'm gonna throw this in there right quick. Like the reason why, I mean, like Patrick Mahomes, like. Because when he came out of college, it was interesting because if you were to go back to his college days and say that he was going to pan out the NFL the way the, the way he has, I don't think a lot of people were going to say all that. It's just the system that he's in and the playmakers that he's around and the whole nine to why he's successful. Now, Brady, and it's funny because somebody mentioned this on Facebook and they want to call him the greatest of all time, but this, but somebody said this and it was funny to me. Put Tom Brady on with the New York Jets and let's see how that pans out. Exactly, I agree. Let's see how that pans out. Now, if hypothetically speaking, if he did that and took them to the Super Bowl at one, that'd be the ending argument. That man has a loaded team. That team loaded. Yup. But Drew and and I ain't gonna lie, it was tough for me to lead Drew Brees. But oh. after, after this past year and all and all that, it's like look and and see that's what's so crazy because he took a he took a huge pay cut basically, so he wants the minimum the minimum salary. But my thing is, why is it taking so long for him to announce that he's gonna retire now? But honestly, I would I would honestly be upset. If he came back for another year, because by that point he would be doing the Saints a real disservice. He really would. Yeah. If he do come back, I don't think the Saints gonna keep him. No, no, I don't <laughs> think so either. But the so. thing about it is, you know, it's tough, man. Like, you know, I you know, I um when you play, you do something that you love, mm-hmm. it's hard to let it go. Right. You know, like we were just talking about with Disney, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, just think about how hard that was. You know, and we we was only there like a year or less. You know what I mean? I was there a year, and I think you were there less than a year, right? Yeah, you shoot, you were you were the whole reason why I you were the whole reason why I even did the internship. I'll never forget. I kept call, calling you every now and then, times you would talk, times you wouldn't, and then and then when you were coming, you were just like go. And then when I called you and told you I was coming down, you ended up seeing too. And and the crazy part about it is, America, as best friends as we are, 
we probably saw each other maybe three times that that whole four or five months we were down there. Yeah, and one time he almost got me killed in the alley. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, you know, so as hard as that is, just think about it's something you've been doing like for 20 years or more of your life. Mm -hmm. If you go all the way back to you know, Pop Warner or something like that, you could easily be 30 years of your life. Mm -hmm. He's played football, and you know, his whole life is centered around that. But but like, it has to be hard to let go, it has to be, (laughs) you know what I mean? So, hey, I can't blame him for taking a long time or. Yeah. Even wanted to come back, but you know, I yeah. I wish that somebody would get to it. It's time, man. It's just time. Yeah. And and then America, here here's something else for you. Tom Brady just signed a new four year extension, and he's already forty three. So if he plays these next four years, that means he'd be forty seven by the time he retires. Oh. If he retires, but uh, personally, I don't think he's gonna play. I don't think he's gonna play that long because. Let them have a, another, like, let Tampa have a losing season or whatever the case may be. Then Brady will be like, you know what? I got another, my- another bold prediction, America. Tampa Bay oh. will not make the playoffs next year. Will not. You don't think so? I don't think so. You heard it here. Oh, I'm, 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 I may be willing to bet you a case of Gatorade over that one. <laughs> Don't make the playoffs. I might take it. They won't let. Oh, that's oh, that's tough. That's tough. Oh, oh America, I'm gonna here here here's something else to think about that that we did we did discuss. So with the the now the reason why it was tough for me to leave Lamar Jackson out because yeah, I was about to ask you that. If Lamar Jackson was was averaging like 250 yards throwing the ball at least throwing because we all know he can run. We we know this. We know this. But if he were an accurate, put it like this. We got a question like the feet or the legs because he has that. But if he was like Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball, yeah, I mean, ooh, that'd be that'd be so scary. Yeah. And that's the reason why I left him out too. Like, much like Deshaun Watson, I really think Lamar Jackson is overrated. Like, he's a one-trick pony. You take yeah. you take away his ability to run. Like, uh, who put him out the playoffs this year? I forget. Um. Uh, oh, Buffalo. Like Buffalo, what they did, they took away all his running lanes. They let him run nothing, and he couldn't do the thing because he's he's not a thrower. Despite what everybody tried to tell you that he good, he's a, a great throwing. He got good at throwing the ball. Like he's not. He's not. You know, just these people talking about last year. Oh wow. Season, they talking about that. I don't know if I don't know but if you see the same. Thing, you see the same thing every playoff. They get put out because these teams in playoffs is different. It's a different animal. They zero in on what you do best, and you play like the best teams left in the NFL. So, hey, they take away that one thing you can do, and they, hey, you make me beat another one. I do the same thing. Anytime I play Baltimore, I would load the box. Look, Lamar Jackson gonna have to beat me throwing the ball. That's what mm-hmm. I'm doing. He's not gonna beat me with his legs. Wait, wait, you, you mean he, wait, he's not going to beat you with his legs or he's not going to beat you with his arm? I said he's not going to beat me with his legs. I'm going to make him have to beat me throwing the ball. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. All right, now, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw, um, I'll throw a, a curveball at you. Like, which quarterback do you see that you, you haven't, that, that's not in your top five that has the potential to get to a top five quarterback uh, 
Oh, listen, because I'm gonna oh, that's throw- easy. Justin Herbert. There you go. Yeah. He's spe- that he's special. He's special. He's gonna be nice. Kyler Murray. Yeah. Yeah. And uh let me see. Who else? Uh okay, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Now that's the team I could see making the playoffs this year if Tam- if Tampa doesn't go. Arizona. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think they should be a playoff team. They really should. Yeah, because JJ wasn't that deep shoot. Oh, oh, you know what? I forgot. I forgot because you were uh, you were James Whispet. You um, if it don't work in the Saints, you know where they talking about him possibly going to? Oh, Breeze? No, Houston. Oh, West. Yeah, James. Wood. I don't want James to go to Houston to them bombs. Ah. Wait, oh, what? I want him to go to them bombs. What? Yeah. Well, yeah. But okay, wait, no, no, wait, wait, wait. Okay, so let's be this then. If it, if he don't if he don't play for the Saints, where do you want to see him end up at? Let's see. The teams left. Let's see the teams left. Where do I want James Winston to play? Uh, you know. It ain't many. It ain't many places for him to go out here. Yeah. You look at, you know, you look at the Jaguars. They about to get uh, old boy from Clemson. Uh, Cowboys said, Green Bay said, Patriots signed Cam to a one year deal. That was a mistake. Yeah. That was a mistake. Yeah. I mean, you know, who else they gonna get? Well, no, but but see, but see, my here. Okay, wait. Here, here's here's my take on that. I don't think that Cam and Belichick working. Okay, because this is why I get tired of everybody saying, because everybody's talking about this year that because we were in a pandemic and he came off hurt the last year, he really didn't have time to like get in football shape or this or that, whatever, whatever the case may be. Cam Newton's biggest issue with me is throwing the ball. Like you're not going to see Cam throwing 300 yards a game anymore or whatever the case may be is. So, you can call the game manager at this point, but I think with I, the only way Cam's gonna thrive in New England is if you put playmakers around him and and all that stuff. And I and I'm not saying that New England will do that, but now I put I put it like this. On, honestly, if I were Cam Newton, I don't see why Washington couldn't have worked out. Obviously, they didn't want him. If they wanted, they would have got him. That's true. That, now I will tell you this. I will tell you this, and and this was terrible. And I I, I was honestly upset hey, when. I, that's the only other place I can see James going. Uh, ironically, is uh, Washington. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you something about Washington that made me mad when they when they said that um, they had some serious concerns about Alex Smithford and, and and all and all this and that, and he and they they didn't want him there. That was terrible when when they said that. I'm like this man came off an injury and is and is is he's putting his heart and soul on the line as far as him getting back and then he end up plays and d- didn't do all that all that bad from from what I've seen but I mean ooh that was bad yeah and the worst part about him is his being released nobody's gonna pick nobody's gonna sign him nobody yeah I, hey. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, this is last chance. And um, apparently they like each other in New England. So, hey, give it another go. Run it back. Run it back. It's going to be interesting to see what happens.
All right, America, it's time to go to our next topic of the night. Scumbag of the week. What's your name, scumbag? All right, folks, uh, we're going to start off with Mr. White, this scumbag of the week. All right, so my scumbag of the week has to deal with a group of people that took place uh, this week. And the reason a group, why, a group. Yeah, the, the reason why I'm, I'm saying this is because of all the junk that has gone on in the past with this. But here's something that happened. So a lot of people may not know. All right, so my scumbag of the week is the security at Madison Square Garden. And let me tell, oh, you, let me yeah. tell you why. So, okay, Patrick Ewing, a New York Knicks legend, has his jersey, whose number is retired by the Knicks, who is now currently the men's basketball coach at Georgetown University, who absolutely slayed Creighton today in the, in the Big East championship game. You walk in the Madison. Oh, so they want it. They want it. They won today. Yeah, seventy. They oh, they killed him like seventy three. Oh, I'm calling it right now. Sweet sixteen. I'm putting it on my bracket. Oh lord. Okay. Should I take them Gatorades now? Any. We'll get into that. But anyway. Okay. So here's okay. So man, here's my thing, America. So basically, the man is seven feet tall. Okay. And you're inside Madison Square Garden, a place that you played, I don't know, 12, 15, I don't know how many years it was he was a Nick, but he was a Nick for a while. And you have to stop this man and ask this man, like, show some credentials, who are you, whatever the case may be. So my only argument to the security team is you're either that young to the point to where you never saw Patrick Ewing play and didn't know who he was, or you were just being an asshole and, and just trying to starting to cause more trouble. And it lately has always been a thing with security at MSG because first, okay, now we got Patrick Ewing. Before that, we had the jump going on with Spike Lee, who's been a season ticket holder for like, I, I, oh God, I don't know, 30, 30 plus years. And then you have junk dealing with Charles Oakley. Like, I don't know what it is about the security at MSG, but from what, I, what I've been told and what I realized is you treat celebrities like celebrities. You should know who they are and all this. Now, Patrick Ewing said it best. Like, he didn't know if he had to call James Dolan, the owner, or whatever the case may be is, and be like, I need you to get these people up to speed and let me know who I am and blah, 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 and all this and that. Like, if I had been Patrick Ewing, if you would stop me, I would just point up to the Raptors and just point at my number and be like, and get, let them get the hint. Or something like that, but this it's it's just it's just ridiculous. Like, I mean, I don't know what it is with Madison Square Garden security, but the the junk needs to quit. It really does. Cause and the worst thing about this is I'm not even mad at. The, I mean, I'm upset at the Patrick Ewing thing because I think it's a disservice that they're doing to him. But this was a couple of years ago. The Spike Lee thing was ridiculous. Like, you're a season ticket holder, a season ticket holder. You go in the same entrance that you've gone for 15, 20 years, whatever the case may be is, and now all of a sudden you say that there's a change in the policy, whatever the case may be, they need you to walk out the building and go through this way and all this, that. No, it's 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 ridiculous. All the harassment going on and everything like that. I mean, come on, man. At, at least know who you are and know who certain people are when they're in a ring. I mean, come on, come on. That's like... 
That's like if 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 Tom Brady were to retire and yet you're at uh, Gillette Stadium, you're gonna stop Tom Brady and ask, you know, who you are? Let me show you. No, come on, people. And then on top of that, now that I think about it, it's always black people that are being messed with. It's always like we 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 don't see going like put it like this, because some somebody missed it. Like they treat like you you don't hear junk going on like this with uh with um um. Jack Nicholson at Laker games, Denzel at Laker games. You don't see none of that. It's like anything that goes on with security and celebrities and whatnot, it's always, or or former athletes, it's always taking place at Madison Square Garden. I don't understand it. I really don't. And uh, you're absolutely right, man. They, they tripping, man. For whatever reason, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But, hey, you're right. It's always people of color and uh they, they definitely deserve scumbag of the week not just for this for all the other things that you mentioned all right um so speaking of people messing with uh black people my scumbag of the week is a that basketball announcer matt roy Oh, Jay, he got his name and everything. Yes. The basketball announcer, Matt Roy, while covering an Oklahoma high school girls state tournament basketball game, he was caught on a hot mic for the NFHS network. Like, you know, if you want to watch high school games on that. Mm -hmm. As the players uh, for the Norman High School yep, for the National Anthem, he said this live on air. He said, they're kneeling fucking niggers. Live on air. And then he said, I hope Norman gets their ass kicked. So that's not all. That's not all. So what what do you people do usually do when they do stuff like that? Oh, you asking? Yeah, I'm asking. What what do these people do when they have these moments when they use a slur? What is the first thing they do? Oh, they say, oh, they say they say it like it's nothing. And, the, and then they try to pick you up and make it seem like nothing happened. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm looking for apology. They offer apology. Oh, yeah. it, well, it, a, a, bull, a bullshit apology. Yeah, but in his apology, this is what he did. He said uh, he was. He said he was embarrassed and disappointed. He blamed his slur on type one diabetes. He said, "While not excusing my remarks, it is not unusual when my sugar spikes that I become disoriented and often say things that are not appropriate as well as hurtful." He said he was a family man and a former youth pastor. I do not believe that I would have made such horrible statements out of my sugar spike. Now. Oh, boy. This is. Questions now. Come bag times two. Now, here's the thing, folks. You know, even if it was his type 1 diabetes, which is not, it's bullshit, it still means that you use this word quite often. Because you don't just say these things out of nowhere. Especially like, you know, if, if you kind of run, that means anytime somebody say something like that, you could tell that they're used to saying it or that they, they have said it, said it countless times before. And that's what happened with him. See, the last thing he said, he said, I do not believe that I would have made such horrible statements out of my sugar spike. But the thing about it is, he would have made that statement because he, you know, according to him, 
his sugar spike in, you know, it just turned it loose. It just made him who he really was. So real quick, I want to cut. So in other words, you say you you say that derogatory term on a live mic, and you're gonna blame that on on diabetes. Yeah. Now, if it had Tourette's, that would have been. I'm not saying that would have been excused, but that yeah. would have been somewhat more logical. Yeah, it's more logical. But the thing about it, no, sir. Wow. No, sir. It's not your diabetes. It's your racism. That's all wow. it is. It's your racism. Damn. It's, it's your ignorance and racism. I know Chris Miller, you know, he hate when we call racist people ignorant. Like he said, they know what they're doing. And which I agree. Mm -hmm. yeah. No, he's just racist and he's an idiot for coming up with these stupid excuses that you think folks are going to believe. No, you keep it. And I hope they fire his ass and I hope you know, y'all talking about council culture last week. I hope he counsel his ass all the way through Oklahoma, but it won't happen because he in Oklahoma. They, hey, they let probably me, throw him parade. Let me let me ask you this right quick because I remember you you. I think we had we had uh, somewhat touched the subject like when we first did these podcasts. That Cincinnati dude that got caught on that hot mic did um did they end up firing him? Yeah, they were they removed him from uh, the rest of the baseball game. And they removed him from football because he called right. football games. Wow. Yeah. Dang. So, I mean, all it is, you know, people, you know, it's just like when people drink, have liquor, they drink, and they say it's two things that make, make you show your true self. It's alcohol and anger. Mm -hmm. You have too much alcohol, you end up saying your true beliefs, you don't hold them back. You know, the fence is gone. And when you're angry, you do the same thing. Yeah. So if anything, it didn't, it did, it didn't um, tell us, it didn't tell us that uh, you know he a human being that makes mistakes. It just showed that he's an awful human being who mm -hmm. asked these things and he said it open because he got mad. And and I'm gonna piggyback on on something that you just said. And this what really what ticks me off half the time. But whenever issues like this come up. Don't you find it funny how, like, when the apologies come out, like, 100% of the time they're, they're BS only because a publicist can write that stuff and then just put it out there and say that it, it, can't, it came from him, whatever, and all that. But what really irks me is when, when an event like this happens, it's like, oh, wait, got to issue apology in order to be cool. I'm like, no, like, you, like you said it. There, there's no coming back from that. That's how you feel. That's you know that that's how you feel, which you have every right to. But I mean, my my goodness. See, I didn't know he blamed on diabetes. I didn't know that part. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's other, it's other ridiculous, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it's showing like he's so hateful that he can't even come up with a logical excuse. He refused. To, he, he didn't even apologize because he's so hateful. He meant what he said. And he might well just own it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Don't be a racist and try to hide it. You know what I mean? Be a racist and own it. Don't try to backtrack because you know uh, you know you're about to lose uh you know your little gig that you got going on. That's all I'm saying. So that's why that son of a bitch is my scumbag <laughs> of the week. <laughs> it's time to move on to our last topic of the week, folks. Unpopular opinion. All right, so this week, I'm going first. This week, um, I, I was going to go in a totally different direction. 
with my unpopular opinion, but something happened early in the week. And it has something to do with your significant other. Uh-oh. It has something to do with Miss Nuvina Latoya herself. She posted something on Facebook uh -oh. about how do you eat spaghetti? <laughs> you know, and for once, we, we, we agreed on this one. But it was somebody who's also a part of this podcast who chose option C. Option C said, you eat spaghetti with the noodles and the sauce separated. Okay? My unpopular opinion for the day is that spaghetti and the sauce should never be separated. No, no, no. Call that, call that person out right now. Call that him out. That person is Jeffrey Gass. But you yes. know what, America? You know what? I don't expect much from him. This is the same man who put sugar in his grits. That's why you, you go out, you know, he gets some grits. Let me get some grits, man. Get some oh, grits. And then that's Jesus. how you know you hear that sound. You hear that sound. <laughs> he'll he'll flap some sugar packs and put sugar in grits. I'm just nah, you sit, you take that jug and shake it all the way up. Yeah. I'm sitting there with a look of disgust in my face. The thing about it is, people who separate uh, spaghetti sauce and, uh, and the spaghetti noodles, they can't be trusted. They can't be trusted at all. Them the same people that steal loose change from your car, that steal washing powder from your house when you turn your back. They are also they uh, steal sugar from your house and then ask you to borrow some. It can't be trusted. Okay. Now, the fact is, spaghetti and the sauce belong together. It, it's like it's like the perfect marriage, man. Like it, it doesn't make sense to do it otherwise. Hey. The best thing about food, you know, I mean, I, I like to consider myself a food connoisseur. The thing about food, it shouldn't be hard to enjoy, right? The thing about it is, if you take these noodles separately, first of all, they tend to clump up. Uh, you have to put some oil on it or something like that. But, you know, they kind of, you know, they kind of take away from consistency. So you leave it there. Then when you get ready to fix the bowl, you got to go here and scoop your little noodles. And then you got to scoop the sauce on there. And then... What do they do anyway? They mix it all together. So what's the point of how you just cut out the middle, man? And just mix it from the beginning. It makes no sense, America. It makes no sense. And when you mix it together, it's that perfect combination. And lo and behold, if you have some garlic bread, let's say you know you, you know, it's already mixed together. You scoop your stuff out, you know, with the little slotted spoon with the little spikes on the end. The perfect uh vessel to scoop out uh spaghetti, you put it on your plate. You know what I mean? You use a fork or whatever. You know, you scoop it up or whatever. And then you have a little remnants of sauce. And when you put the little bread on it, and do it that way. But if you have it separated, first thing you got to do, like I said, let's repeat this. Put your noodles down. Put your sauce down. Then you can mix it together, which you should have just done in the first place. And then, you know, and then maybe, you know, you won't even get a chance to get that satisfying dip of the bread with the sauce that you get when it already mixed together. And the thing about it is, it also throws out the proportions. Because if you're doing half, uh, if you're doing spaghetti on the side and the sauce on the side, then who's to say? When you get spaghetti noodles, by the time you get to the pot, in the pot, you can be through with your spaghetti noodles and still have a whole bunch of sauce. Or you can be through with your sauce and still have spaghetti noodles. It makes no sense. When it's mixed together, you finish it all at once. I love it. I well, that's love my that's yeah, that's my popular opinion. Bro. I love it. 
Let, hey. Spaghetti and sauce belong together. Let me let me Separate. let me ask you let me let me ask you one one question though. Do you eat it with Parmesan cheese? Of course, if you know if I have it really available, yes. Okay, let me ask you this. What do you where do you place the Parmesan cheese when it's done? Talking about what home? That's the question again. The, the 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 can of Parmesan cheese, right? That you sprinkle that that you put on there, right? Where do you put the cheese when you're when you're done with it? I put it in the pantry. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I hope she watches this. Thank you. This will dry good. Thank you. But guess where it goes in the house? Just put it in the refrigerator. Yes. Come on, man. One. It ain't. You know, if it's cold, it, it kind of like takes all the consistency of your food. You know, your spaghetti's supposed uh, to be packed. And you cold Parmesan cheese on top. Exactly. And then, if you look at the bottle, you don't say refrigerator after opening. Come on, man. Let's stop the madness. Thank you. Thank you. Stop the madness. Parmesan cheese belongs in the pantry. Thank you. If you, if you buy it out the grocery store and it's on the shelf, and you put it on the, in the pantry at home. Excellent point. Excellent point. Excellent point. Excellent point. Whew, that was a good one. That was a good one. <laughs> oh boy, that was that. Hell, that may have been your best one. Oh, thank you, thank you, sir. Okay, now, Jeff, I, I know you on this one. That would be a shame of your damn self. I didn't say it. Okay, so my unpopular opinion, I got to give a special shout out. To one of my homeboys, DeAndre Russell, for making this for making this post just now. Put a picture up. So I'm gonna I'm gonna read it to everybody. So <laughs> my unpopular opinion: when it comes to a first date, okay, which could be you know typically they see he's looking already. So typically, you know, dinner, you know, you go to dinner, whatever case it be, you go to a movie, you can do this and that, whatever. But but fellas and, and ladies may be sore at me for saying this, but it's got to be said. Ladies, if we are serious about you, like we want like the first date and we want many, many, many more, I'm sorry, but we ain't spending no $178 and, and seven cents on, on the first on the first date. That's it. That's no, that's 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 insane. And let me tell you why. Why I'm so against this? Because when you set the bar that day, she doesn't even have to see the bill. But when you set the bar that high, your ex the, her, the expectations going forward is going to be that high. Start way like I'm not way at the bottom, but something simple like Applebee's, Applebee's. <laughs> something something to where you know because because the point of put it like this. When men take women out on a first date, that's telling you, hey, we're interested, you know, let's see where this goes and let's just build up whatever the case may be. But if we take you somewhere fancy and expensive like Bonefish Grill or some along those lines, that's just a free dinner for you. You can really care less about us. You ain't paying for the meal. So all you getting is a free is is a free meal. And then yeah. you separate raise and then we try to call you or whatever the case may be but then all of a sudden you have a new number or 
you don't you don't return nobody calls or whatever. And that's my biggest pet peeve when it comes to cell phones, period. Because as much as we are involved in technology nowadays, you clearly see when somebody has called you. You clearly see when somebody has texted you, but yet no response, this and that, bird. But when it comes to this subject in particular, yes, $178 on a first date is way too damn much. Way too much. I think a nice target range is, is definitely less than $100. But if we're going to be if we're going to be completely honest and we talking about, you know, anywhere from 50 to 100, let's see what happens after that. Yeah, but $178 on a first on a first date. Yeah. I had one first I had one first date go horribly wrong and I never I never dealt with that person after that. It was bad. It was bad. Cuz do you and I'm going to I'm going to say this and I'm not gonna say who this person was. I'm, I know she ain't watching or listening. But do you know this woman had the nerve to to tell me like I think I said I was like we're gonna we're gonna go we're gonna go here for dinner. Matter of fact, I think it was Carabas. I was like we're gonna go Carabas for dinner. Oh no, that's too bougie for me. I'm like oh, <laughs> one of those types. Okay, glad, glad I got to know that before we went anywhere. But yeah, but yes, but but women, like y'all set y'all expectations up too high when it when it comes to first date, this and that. That's why to me there's no such thing as as, as the perfect date or the perfect first date. There's no there's no such thing. Because if we really want to surprise you or wow you or whatever the case may be, we're gonna we're gonna do something unexpected outside the box and let that build from that. Because once that happens. Then the then the expectations they're established they're and and we can go forward with that but woo but yeah that's my that's my unpopular opinion so in other words we we, we the the goal I don't mind spending money but we're not gonna spend two hundred close to damn two hundred dollars on the first date I'm sorry hey you ain't getting I'm with you Jason White you said what I said I'm with you all the way. Uh, $178. Yeah, that's ridiculous. That's man. ridiculous. <laughs> uh, hell no. Mm -mm. And then my thing is, who the hell takes a woman to Paris Steakhouse on the first right. date? That's the third date uh, destination at best. Yeah. Like or, you said. Yeah, like hey. that or a Ruth and Chris Steakhouse. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, hey, fellas, look. Start off with cheesecake factory, Applebee's, uh, chilies, or shit. Uh, what's another one? Ruby Tuesday or something. At least they got a salad bar, you know what I mean? So she, hey, you go somewhere where like, hey, you go to Ruby Tuesday, be perfect. Cause look, she eat the salad bar, you know what I mean? Women, they want to be conservative on the first date. So she gonna go to the salad bar and eat. So that means she already halfway full, you know what I mean? So when it comes time to order that entree, she ain't gonna order that much. Hey, come on now. You gotta think about this stuff, fellas. And I'm gonna give y'all never heads up. If you take a woman on a on a on a first date, don't do it on her birthday, because she gonna make that date all about her as opposed to you. <laughs> well, I know there's a lot of women who listen to this, they be like. That's the way it's supposed to be. Because I would say, because and, and for the people watching, they can they can ask our women this. Ask them how, how their first date went with us. Didn't go that good. Look how and look where we ended up. 
My first day, I ain't have to pay shit. <laughs> we went to a football game. There you go. And we got it in free with our student IDs. There you go. <laughs> hey, can't beat that. And that's why I'm the GOAT, folks. <laughs> All right. That was a great show. Good unpopular opinion. Yeah, stop putting sugar in them damn grits and mix your damn spaghetti together. That's all and we got to say. And put the Parmesan cheese in the in the pantry and not the refrigerator. That's right. And cover up them analog sticks. <laughs> so with all that being said, folks, thank you for joining us again uh, on the Rants Raven BS Podcast. Make sure you subscribe. We are available on Anchor Podcasts. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, basically everywhere you can listen to a podcast. Spotify. So subscribe and listen to us. And also check out our YouTube page. Some of my shows uh, we put on online for you to see. So uh, a lot of good content. And, and be sure, and most importantly, be sure to send us your questions. Whatever y'all want us to tackle on, whatever the case would be, make sure you send it out. Me, T. Hart, right. and we on there. We ain't afraid of that. We want all the smoke. That's it. We want all the smoke. <laughs> all right. So until next time, folks, onward and up.